0: Awesome. Oh man, is it good to see your faces today. Uh, A few I saw last week, but a whole lot of new faces in here, and I know that, Sal, you're having a great time second week in your new venue, which is uh, pretty exciting, and and you're at capacity this morning, and then we're going to have 11 a.m. in here soon, too, and it's going to be at capacity as well, and uh, we're believing, aren't we, that soon, maybe even next week, we can actually gather everybody who wants to come to church can gather in one place. That's what we're really believing for, which is pretty awesome. Well, I want to speak to you this morning about some further revelation that I felt God drop into my heart during the lockdown period. Anyone remember the, the lockdown period? You still remember it? I recognized early on in the lockdown period that actually isolation is the breeding ground or the place for revelation. We see in the fact that the book of Revelation was written by the apostle John while he was on the island of Patmos and he was in forced isolation. See, there is chosen isolation where we we draw aside to spend time with God, but there's also forced isolation, and that's what had happened to John. John had been preaching about who Jesus was. He'd been proclaiming the Savior and teaching and preaching, and they didn't like it, so they put him into isolation on the island of Patmos. In isolation, for him, was not his choice, but it was opposed upon him. But you know the awesome thing about it is that God did not waste John's isolation, because Jesus appears to John, And he says write down everything you see and that's why we have the book in the bible called revelation we're not created for isolation it's not god's plan for us to be dislocated or isolated from community and from people in fact that's the enemy's plan when somebody wants to live a life where they want to worship god and testify to who he is be a witness and make a difference wherever they go the enemy loves to isolate and dislocate those kinds of people and that's what had happened to john But God doesn't waste John's isolation. He gives him the book of Revelation. And if he didn't waste John's isolation, guess what? I don't reckon he's gonna waste our isolation either. So I wanna encourage you. You may not have done this yet, but I, I encourage you to sit and spend some time and reflect on your time of lockdown, reflect on your time of isolation and ask the question, what have I learned during this time? What have you discovered about yourself? What have you discovered about your desires or your behaviors? I'm not just talking about negative behaviors. Maybe you've discovered that you are more resilient than you ever realized that you were. Maybe you've discovered a greater truth about how God's created you and how he's wired you and who you are. If you'll take the time to reflect on your time of isolation, you'll more likely discover that God has possibly revealed more to you than you realized. Maybe it's revealed to you that life has been too much about the temporary things that bring temporary comfort. Perhaps you were more stressed or pressured before lockdown than you realized, and when you went into isolation, you realized you'd been running on the red line. May have discovered how much, some some have discovered actually how much they were spending, right? (laughs) Like, I couldn't spend during lockdown, so I realized how much I was spending. Before lockdown, some have made savings even thanks to lockdown. Because we realized we couldn't live or spend to excess. Maybe you've rediscovered the importance of God's word and personal personal worship and time and prayer. This year we've been talking about what it is to live lives with Jesus at the center. And last week David spoke on the importance of fixing our eyes on Jesus so we don't spin around, lose our balance, and lose control, getting dizzy. That we have Never been this way before, and when we're walking in unfamiliar territory, we must keep our eyes fixed on God. Would anyone say they've walked through some unfamiliar territory in the last three months? That would be true for everyone, and the answer to it when it's unfamiliar is to fix our eyes on God. You see, we're not only called to fix our eyes on God for our sake, we're actually called to help others to also fix their eyes on Jesus. And that's why I love The Gathered Church. That's why I believe God puts us in community of faith, spur one another on, but to help not only would I see Jesus and have him at the center, but together we would see Christ and center our lives on him. I recognized a couple of things about myself during lockdown. I recognized I'm a pretty driven person. I want to get, anyone else? I want to get on with things. And lockdown does not suit me in any way, shape, or form. Have I got any brothers and sisters at all who understand what I mean? Some of you were totally wide for lockdown. You're disappointed it's over. But for me, that is not the case. I wanna get on with the vision. I wanna get on with building what God has put in our hearts to build. I don't wanna be restricted. I don't wanna be held back. I don't wanna be made to stay home. I don't want to have to pivot or slow down from what I am doing. I'm just letting you know what I discovered about myself. I was forced and we were forced to pivot and make changes, but I didn't wanna do that. I didn't wanna feel like I was slowing down. But God revealed to me that the whole world in actual fact was in a frenzy. Everyone in a hurry and many don't even know what they're hurrying for or even where they're really going. There are always seasons in our life that are busier than other seasons, that's okay. Having strong work ethic and determined goals that are all good, totally okay. But the world system is geared towards being able to move through life quicker and faster than ever. Think about self-service checkouts, online shopping and banking, handheld high powered computers, which we call cell phones. We want faster planes, faster trains, and often faster taxi drivers. We want employees to work at the office, and be available in the evenings and be contactable 24 yeah. seven, seven days a week. Is that not true? Yeah. Yeah. People wanna contact me via email, text message, phone, messenger, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. What's the new one Caleb? TikTok, <laughs> all these other things and you need to be available to reply now because if you don't reply now, then something's gone wrong in our relationship and there is pressure, right. pressure, pressure and it causes people to be busy all the time and live somewhat on the edge. And What God revealed to me personally in lockdown is it's dangerous when we get outside of what I'm calling the pace of grace. In fact, that's the title for today's message. I don't often give titles, but today's title is the pace of grace. We are each graced with a certain pace as we move through life. Some people can achieve a large amount in a short time, graced with a pace. Some churches grow faster than other churches. Why is that? Maybe they've got a better strategy. Maybe they've got more money. Maybe they've got a better setup, or maybe they're graced for a pace. Some businesses scale quicker and grow faster. Why? Better marketing, better business plan. Those things can be really important, but also maybe somebody's graced with a pace. Some people achieve more quickly than others graced with a pace. If we can find the pace of grace for our lives, we're gonna end up so much more relaxed. There's less striving towards outcomes. Now, if God has graced each of us with a pace in life, then the encouragement would be to stick to the pace and stay within his will and stay within his grace that he's placed on our lives. I've learned a few things in my life and I've learned that the right thing at the wrong time can actually be a curse and not a blessing. And the very thing that we were striving towards for success, the very thing that we think would make us feel good and would give us success and would look good in our lives can become a burden to us if it's given to us in the wrong season. You see, for me, pace looks like a growth in competency and character at the same time. We don't want our influence to outgrow what our character can cope with, or it could in the end mean disaster. Yeah, that's good. Or our company to grow so fast giving us personal success but our marriage wasn't ready and our family wasn't able to cope. Yeah. See we're graced for a pace. Faster does not always equal more fruitful. Yeah. Psalm 37:23 says the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. So to stay in our pace of grace, we need to stay in step with God and allow him to direct our every step. If God's directing my steps, then he's also directing the pace of my steps. If the order of a righteous person or the footsteps of a righteous person are ordered by the Lord, they're ordered by him at a pace. So the revelation for me was to allow God to set the pace. And there were three key uh, components to the correct pace. The first is don't set my own pace. I'd like to. I'd like to be off and running, but I want the ordered footsteps of the Lord. I want to be within God's pace, so I need to not set my own pace. The second is not to strive. In fact, if I'm striving, I'm likely outside of the grace that God has put on my life. And the third key is that I consult God. I need to be in a consistent, constant relationship with Him, hearing His voice and allowing God to lead in my life. There's another danger towards getting outside of our pace of grace is the danger of comparison. When I compare my pace with someone else, my focus is no longer on God's ordered steps. Like, why is that church growing faster than ours? How come that pastor has more than we have? How come that business seems more successful than mine? And in the end, if I'm comparing, I end up striving because I believe those are the things that equal success. And I get outside of my pace. Comparison to others will bring you to a place of striving. The promise is that if we will stay in step with God's plan and his plan for our lives, God will continue to grace us for all he has planned for our future. If it's not happening fast enough for you, if it's just not scaling quick enough, if you're not seeing the outcomes that you desperately desire, I wanna encourage you, don't sweat it and trust God in the process. David mentioned last week that the Israelites carried the Ark of the Covenant, which Uh, represented the presence of God with them. And so wherever they went, wherever they journeyed, they carried God's presence. And I wanna say this morning that we wanna walk at a pace where we can carry God's presence. And how do I know then if I'm walking too fast? How do I know if I've got out of step with God's plan for my life? Well, here's a little simple test. If I don't have time for prayer, if I don't have time for worship, if I don't have time for reading the word, If I don't have time for getting to church, perhaps I'm going too fast. See, God can get done through your life exactly what he needs to if you'll stay within your pace of grace. That's the promise I felt God gave me personally and gave us as a church during lockdown. As I study the life of Jesus, I see this principle in place. Many things came Jesus' way, many opportunities, many opportunities for miracles, many opportunities for Jesus' ministry, Yet you cannot find when you read scripture anywhere where you see Jesus running. You see Jesus walking everywhere. Jesus was never in a hurry and even when life around him was fast paced and frenzied, Jesus never hurried. Mark five twenty-one to 24, it's a great story of this. Jesus got into the boat again, went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her, heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. When Jesus was ministering, he always had time for the crowd. This is something that fascinates me about Jesus. He was never in such a hurry that he missed miracles along the way. See, if Jairus had come to me and saying, my daughter's dying, Carl, would you come? Or to any pastor or anyone that's caring, come, my daughter's dying, I'm going to be in a hurry. There's going to be a sense of urgency in my heart. Maybe even a little bit of panic might set in. But Jesus never runs. Jesus takes his time. In fact, Jesus continued in the pace of grace for his ministry, which led to many more miracles. When I think Jesus should have been in a hurry, he should have been hurried away from the crowd, like get me out of here because I've got to get to Jairus' home. His daughter is dying, dying. He allows the crowd to still gather around him. He hasn't rushed away. And because of that, we see a woman turn up in the story who's had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. She's able to push through the crowd and she's able to reach out and touch the hem of Jesus' garment and her faith makes her whole, and she's instantly and miraculously healed. And even Jesus feels the power go out from his body and says, Who just touched me? Now, Jesus is in a hurry. Does it matter who touched him? Many people have touched him. He's in a crowd, they're pressing around him, but Jesus is able to be interrupted. Right. He wants to give the woman the truth Your faith has made you well, your faith has healed you. Jesus never got out of step with his pace of grace. Jesus, in the midst of his day, and even in the midst of pressure, was able to be interrupted. And because of that, miracles could take place. Jesus Jesus eventually makes it to Jairus' home, and his daughter has died, but Jesus raises the little girl back to life. Pretty cool story, and I don't have time to go into all of it this morning. But if we can see our Lord stay in his pace of grace, and still accomplish everything God the Father wanted, then the same is true for you and me. It may not be when or where or how we want it, but it will be ordered by the Lord, and that's the key. In three years of public ministry, Jesus accomplished everything God had set out for him and everything that had been prophesied about without ever running or ever being frenzied. I felt God speak to me about not striving. Carl, stop striving, stop rushing. Allow me to be in control of the timing and the pace of your life. It's not just true for church leaders, it's true for every one of us. When you're in business, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, whatever your role is, you're a sports coach, whatever it is, we wanna stay in the pace of grace and allow God to order our footsteps. So Carl, don't get caught in striving and rushing for the next big thing, because I like the next big thing, just saying. But it's about God's pace and timing. The principle is true across all areas of our life. In business, the pace of scale is important. The right amount of risk at just the right time. Purchasing a home, the right timing for financial stretch and commitment is hugely important. The pace principle is important in so many aspects of our everyday lives. And It's true to say that God is interested in every part of your life. And His grace is available for those who include Him in their plans. Let me read Psalm 37:23 to you again. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. When I get outside of the pace that God has graced me for, I get stressed, I don't know about you. I get frustrated, I get anxious, I get disappointed. That's how I know I'm beginning to get outside of the pace of grace in my life. But when I understand that it's God who is in control, it's Him who's leading us towards kingdom outcomes, I'll continue to trust Him and be at peace. If I keep Him at the center of my life, if I involve Him in every detail of my life, I'm much more at peace. It doesn't matter if it happens today, tomorrow, or next year, I'm at peace because I realize God is the one who's ordering my footsteps. I've actually learned this principle during lockdown when it came to our community center that we purchased together. As a church, we stepped out in faith, we've bought a building, We've got a section here on Suva Street and we wanna place that building on there. And it was all go. We had all the plans in place to see that thing finished. And then COVID-19 came along. We, We had to put that building on hold. And in truth, I was praying, God, that building needs to get finished. It must get finished right this minute. You ever talk to God like that? I was reminding God how many ministries get released if we can just finish that building, how much it will help our community. It's kind of like my prayers are convincing God of why he needs to do it right now. I remember feeling disappointed that we had to put it on hold until God showed me this pace of grace principle. His pace and his timing, not my pace, not my timing. And when I relax in that, the peace of God comes because God will take responsibility for the finished outcome. And when God takes responsibility, God also gets the glory. He also showed me that he has been the one determining the plan and the step for life, church. We realized if we hadn't stepped out, planted our Selwyn campus. If we hadn't done that just come up towards two years ago, we hadn't bought all the gear that we bought, we never would have been able to do online services to the level that we were able to do them during lockdown because we would purchased that extra gear. If we didn't step out in faith and put an assistantship program on in the church, we would not have had the people or the skills to excel during the lockdown period. If we hadn't employed Adrian Dennison as a tech specialist, we would have really struggled to put online services together. You see, God's picture is so much bigger than ours, his planning so much more precise than ours, his detail work and scale work so much more successful than ours. He gave us the resource and the people for the exact right timing when we would absolutely need them. His pace, his timing may feel slow to us, but it is perfect for us and it's able to achieve for us far more than we could have ever asked, imagined, Or even dreamed of and you know there are times in your life where you may wonder why it's not happening quick enough why things aren't going the way you want them to right now and I want to flip the script on that and say possibly that's the grace of God not giving you the opportunity right now not opening the door right now not allowing it to happen right now because he knows that you're not quite ready or the people in your world are not quite ready for that opportunity to come your way maybe the pace you're at that you feel is slow is actually the grace Of God on your life as the worship team comes back for us we see a campus plant a lot of the time in isolation we see a staffing appointment in isolation we see the launching of a training program for the next generation in isolation but God's plan and his timing threads them all together to see the kingdom of God continue to advance and the people of God be blessed I'd much rather have it God's way in God's timing than my limited way and my limited timing. The Word of God today for all of us, if you'll permit me to say so, and I I received a lot of revelation during lockdown, and I was wondering, God, where, where shall I go? What shall I share? And I felt that God wanted me to encourage us as the people of God that it's time to stop striving. Work hard, plan well, but don't strive. God has the whole thing figured out. When you're somebody who's walking in the will of God, you know, the season may not be comfortable, it may not be easy, the outcomes may not be what you wanted, but God has got it in control because the righteous person's footsteps are ordered by the Lord. Did you hear me? That's not the perfect person's footsteps. That's the person who's right standing with God thanks to Jesus Christ and the work on the cross. That's every one of us who's accepted Jesus as our personal Lord and Saviour. Thanks to Him, our footsteps are ordered by the Lord and it's His timing and it's His outcomes. So we don't strive, make room. As I finish, make room in your everyday for prayer, for worship, and for the word. When you do, you'll find that you'll walk in the grace of God for all that is to come. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you for the promises of scripture that you are with us. We thank you that indeed you are the author and the finisher of our faith and you won't start anything that you won't complete. And even when the timing seems off or we can't understand or even see what you're doing, God, we again just choose to trust in you because we know that you're working on our behalf. And even as we lay plans in our hearts, God, we say today, we want your determined steps for our lives. So again today, we just say, have your way in us. Have it all, Lord. Again, we give you control. We wanna walk in the ordered footsteps of the Lord. So we put our faith in you and all that is to come. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, amen. Why don't you stand here at Levita, there at Salwan? we're gonna sing again and worship God together.